Gut health part two. Today, we're going to continue our gut health discussion to prime you for talking about all things nutrition and how your body works in this podcast. If you haven't listened to episode 10 right before this, that was gut health part one. So go back and listen to that first. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to tell if your gut is healthy, what might be going on if it's not healthy, how it got unhealthy, and what we can do to start to fix it. So let's go. Welcome back to the No Nonsense Wellness Podcast, the place for women who are trying to do all the things and stay healthy, sane, and actually enjoy life in the process. Hey, I'm Tara, a trained therapist, a life coach, a nutrition coach, and a fitness instructor, and I'm on a mission to help you take back control of your mind, health, and life. Each week, I'll be cutting through the nonsense and getting real with you. I'll bring you the insight and information you need to take control of your weight and health, find food freedom, and finally break free from the thoughts that are sabotaging you and holding you back. You, my friend, are powerful, and the world needs you to start showing up in a bigger way. It's time to get unstuck and start moving forward. So let's pop in those earbuds, tie up those shoes, let's walk and talk. I get weirdly excited about the idea of getting to talk to you about gut health. But before I head into it, I want to direct you to terrafalman.com. I want you to head there and check out the 12 Weeks to Weight Loss and Wellness program. This program is for women who are over it. You are fed up with diets. You are fed up with the lose weight, gain weight, yo-yo. You are fed up with this plan and that plan and this plan and that plan. You want to just understand how your body works, how to stay healthy, how to lose weight, how to keep it off for good. So in this program, you're going to learn how to set goals, how to retrain your mind, how to achieve food freedom and overcome emotional eating. You're going to learn how to create new habits and get rid of your bad habits. You're going to learn how food works, how to use it as fuel and understand how your body works with that food. You're going to get simple ways to incorporate movement into your life, and you're just going to get all the no-nonsense tips, tricks, and tools, workbooks, live coaching uh, every single week, lots of time with me to kind of work through all these things. It's going to be a really comprehensive program that you never have to have a program again. (laughs) That's my goal for you. This is it. This is the last one. So if you want any of those things, head to terrafalman.com. Just click Coaching in the tabs and uh, check it out. If you want to talk about it, if you have any questions, there's a little button you push, you schedule a call with me, and we can walk through it. Okay, so gut health part two. We're going to continue that discussion. My obsession with the importance of gut health started after, as you probably know, my autoimmune diagnosis. And the more I learn, the more I am convinced that it's one of the biggest keys to weight loss and lasting health. So let's do a quick recap of episode one since it was a whole week ago. 
In episode one, we learned that our digestive system is one of the most important things in our entire body. We actually are more microbe than we are human because there are so many microbes that live in our gut. Remember, our gut is everything from our mouth to our butt, (laughs) to our anus. But when I'm talking, I'm mostly talking about large intestine, small intestine, okay? That place where most of the food is being digested. Our gut is so important to us that it has its very own nervous system called the enteric nervous system. And that nervous system is connected to our brain through the vagus nerve. Our gut, our intestines, large and small primarily, are sending nonstop signals to our brain. In fact, our gut influences or controls our immune system, our emotions, our brain functioning, our metabolism, our nutrient absorption, our weight, and tons more. There isn't a system in the body that is not affected by the health of your gut. Like really think about that. That's a big deal. Digestive health impacts literally every other physiological system in your body. It is so important for your overall functioning. So Today, we're focusing on how do you know if you have a problem, and then why do we develop unhealthy guts, and how do we fix them? So we're going to play a little game. It's called You Might Have a Problem If. (laughs) So you might have a gut health problem if you suffer from any of the following things. Chronic fatigue, joint pain, skin issues like eczema, acne, psoriasis, and more, autism, mood issues like depression and anxiety, frequent colds and flus, adrenal fatigue, autoimmune disease like thyroid, Crohn's, etc., food sensitivities, inflammatory bowel disorders like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and IBS, thyroid problems, nutrient malabsorption, and basically any digestive symptoms like gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation. This is not even an exhaustive list. This is just the tip of the iceberg that conditions that you might have that you might not associate with the health of your gut, but in actuality are directly related to how healthy your gut is and how well it's functioning. The number one gut problem in America is called gut dysbiosis and leaky gut. So 60 to 70 million Americans are affected by leaky gut. You guys, that's 80% of us. 80% of us have leaky gut problems. What is that? So dysbiosis is just a fancy way of saying there's an imbalance. So gut dysbiosis is an imbalance between the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. The bad bacteria are winning. The good bacteria are losing. And that imbalance creates what's called leaky gut. And this is a term you might have heard before. So I'm going to give you a really clear explanation so you understand what's going on here. Leaky gut. On the lining of your intestine, so we're talking small intestine and then large intestine. Remember, it's just like a big hose. It's like a big tube. And that tube has layers in the walls of it, right, for protection. Because you want to keep what's inside your intestines from getting into your body. And that wall of your intestine is very selective about what it allows through. In a healthy gut, it's being very choosy about what's getting through that wall. It's only the things that we want in our body. Okay, so here's an example. Take a pair of jeans. 
If I took a pair of jeans and I tied knots in the knees, I want you to visualize this. I have a pair of jeans, I've tied knots in the knees, and now I'm gonna fill from the waist down full of water, and then I'm gonna tie off the waist. So now I've got these jeans full of water. When you are watching this, the water is just sort of seeping slowly out of the jeans. The weave of that jean is very tight, and the water can't just leak out. It's just sort of seeping out very slowly. That's the wall of a healthy intestine. Things are seeping out of the intestinal wall very slowly and in a controlled way. Now, a leaky gut looks more like a pair of nylons. If I took a pair of nylons, again, tied them off at the knees, filled it with water from the waist, and closed up the waist, how is the water coming out of the nylons? It's just gushing out, right? The weave of the nylon is very loose compared to the weave of the jeans. Is this making sense? So the, the water is just gushing out of the nylons and that's what's happening in leaky gut. All of these things that are inside of your intestines are leaking out like a sieve through holes in the walls of your intestines. Well, what is it leaking into? It's leaking into your body, into your bloodstream. And that is causing a whole host of problems that we'll talk about in a sec. But that is, in essence, what leaky gut is. The lining of my intestine is not intact. The weave is not as tight as it should be because of some kind of damage, and I'll talk about the reasons how that happens. But lots of things that aren't supposed to be getting out of my intestines are getting out. Things like bacteria and viruses and undigested food and all kinds of cell debris. It's leaking out of my intestine into my body. Does that sound disgusting? Imagine your sewer pipe of your house <laughs> and your sewer pipe, instead of being a really strong concrete pipe that nothing's coming out of, imagine it's just got holes all over it. And now all that sludge that should stay in the pipe is now leaking into your yard. Okay, that's not what you want. <laughs> and it's not what you want inside your body either. The other problem that you will find a lot uh, in people's gut is something called villus atrophy. Okay, so imagine on those walls of your intestines, your small intestine and your large intestine, you've got all these little villi, and villi look like little fingers. So if you hold your hands up in front of you and you wave your little fingers, that's the villi. So the villi are creating a lot of surface area along the inside of your intestines for the right kind of things to be absorbed. So the things that your body is wanting the, the glucose and the protein, the amino acids and the fats and the minerals and the vitamins, all the things that your body wants, it's the villi are where what's kind of, those things are kind of landing on the villi and then they're kind of being absorbed into the intestinal wall and then out into your body, if that makes sense, okay? So what happens is because of this gut dysbiosis, this imbalance of bacteria, bad is winning, good is losing, the villi flatten out and die. So imagine it's like a sea anemone, right? With all of its little fingers flying in the water. And then what happens when all those little sea anemone villi die, they just go flat. And so now you have an area of your intestine where things aren't being absorbed. All those nutrients are not being absorbed. So now you have malabsorption problems. So when we talk about the gut and, the, and gut issues, we're talking about a few things. We're talking about an imbalance of bacteria. We're talking about a leaky gut wall, allowing things out of our intestines that shouldn't be. 
And we're also talking about not absorbing enough nutrients because all those little fingers, we've killed them. <laughs> they are not absorbing those nutrients uh, the way that they should be. So those are kind of the three main problems and they are all related to each other, okay? A lot of times they all happen together. The process is we have this gut dysbiosis, we have this imbalance of bacteria, that then leads to leaky gut. And sometimes it also leads to killing the villi. And then, because I've got all these things leaking out of my intestines and into my body that aren't supposed to, remember bacteria and viruses and undigested food and all kinds of gross stuff, the sludge, the sludge is leaking out of my intestines when it's not supposed to be when it gets in, when it leaks out and gets into my body well what does your body do when it has a foreign invader kicks that immune system right into gear right so that's triggering an immune response my first immune response always is inflammation so what i'm causing in my body is this widespread inflammation situation inflammation chronic inflammation is the underlayment of literally every disease process in your body. Every disease process in your body can be traced back to a chronic inflammation situation. So that's why all of those syndromes and symptoms that I mentioned at the beginning that don't seem like they would be related to your gut actually are because all of those issues are related to chronic inflammation. And chronic inflammation in 99% of the time is caused by leaky gut and all of these things entering your body through your intestinal wall that shouldn't be. Yikes, right? It's this, it's this whole process so a lot of times you'll go to the doctor and you'll get a pill for your symptoms, right? You're having, you feel depressed and you go to the doctor and they give you a pill for depression. And, but what's actually happening is that you're, you have gut dysbiosis, you have too many bad bacteria. Those bad bacteria are literally talking to your brain and they also are literally not creating the serotonin that your brain needs to keep you happy. So instead of treating what's actually going on, we just gave you a pill and said, here, try this. But if we actually went down to the root cause and tried to treat the gut, we then are treating everything else higher up in the chain. Does that make sense? I got to get to the root and the root of the disease process is usually the gut. So what are the causes of gut dysbiosis? What are the causes of this imbalance between good and bad bacteria? Remember, too many bad, not enough good. And leaky gut and flattened villi and then all this other host of diseases. So the top seven causes, stress. Emotional stress and physical stress. And I don't mean just like, <gasps> I got scared, like stress response. I mean the chronic stress. You know what I'm talking about. This chronic state of stress that we live under. That is messing literally with our chemical imbalance and with our gut imbalance. The other thing that kills uh, good bacteria and feeds bad bacteria, sugar. Uh, artificial sweeteners absolutely destroy your good bacteria in your gut. Absolutely just kill them off. And then sugar is what the bad bacteria love to eat. So if you're eating sugar and artificial sweeteners, you're killing the good and feeding the bad. That's the opposite of what we want to do. 
Also, processed foods. So processed foods are just full of chemicals, chemicals that your body doesn't know what to do with, chemicals that your body is like, I don't even know where to go with this thing. And so what ends up happening is that all those chemicals are killing off all your good bacteria. If I kill off all the good, well, now I've got more bad than good. So that's not going to work for us either. Toxin exposure, same situation. Those toxins are killing off the good bacteria and leaving the bad. I don't know why they can't kill the bad too, but that's just not how it works. Uh, They leave the bad and they kill the good. And that toxic exposure also includes substances like alcohol um, and drugs, but it also includes um, toxins in food, air, water, uh, on the products that you're putting on your skin. We're exposed to a lot of toxins every single day, just in our daily life. So reducing that toxin exposure can really help uh, treat that gut dysbiosis. Smoking, smoking kills off all the good bacteria. No shock there, there's really no upside to smoking. (laughs) Um, Exercise, particularly a lack of exercise, and I'm gonna get a little more specific with this later, but um, lack, there are studies that show how exercise actually increases the amount of good bacteria in your body, so we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, Lack of sleep is killing off your good bacteria and then those bad ones still are living, right? All these things are killing your good bacteria. And the one of the biggest, biggest culprits for this gut dysbiosis is antibiotics. So I'm not just talking about like prescription antibiotics because you got sick. I'm also talking about antibiotics in foods and also things that act like antibiotics in your body. So antibiotic, right? The biotic is the bacteria. The anti means I'm against it. So antibiotic means kills bacteria. Well, what is my gut full of? What are we talking about this whole time? Bacteria. I don't want my bacteria to die. (laughs) I need them. I need those good bacteria. So anything that acts like a bacteria killer, an antibiotic in my body, is not going to bode well for my gut health. So how are we exposed to antibiotics? Probably in a lot more ways than you would think. So uh, any kind of mass-produced meat uh, is generally treated with antibiotics. Cows, pigs, chickens, they're all treated with antibiotics in those large factory farms. So when you eat those meats, you are being exposed to the antibiotics that were given to those animals. If you're eating any products, so milk and milk products um, from animals that were exposed to antibiotics, you are also getting all of those. Fluoride and chlorine in your tap water in your body act as antibiotics. So I don't know about you, my local water from my tap has both fluoride and chlorine in it. Most does across our country. Both of those things are entering my gut and acting as a bacteria killer. Which I understand why it's in the water, right? Because they don't want you to drink water with bad bacteria in it. That would be bad. But also, I drink that water and then it's killing the bacteria in me, which is also not good. So you got to be careful with your water. And there's a lot of ways you can uh, filter out chlorine and fluoride. That's an episode for another day. (laughs) We'll talk about that. Don't worry. Uh, The other thing you got to be aware of is GMO foods and foods treated with herbicide, especially, I'm sure you've heard of it, glyphosate, aka Roundup. So Roundup, uh, the company that makes Roundup, Monsanto, used to hold the patent for glyphosate, but they don't anymore. 
So glyphosate is now in tons of products. Glyphosate was originally patented as an antibiotic. So whenever you consume or are exposed to glyphosate, it's acting as an antibiotic in your body. It's killing your gut bacteria. There are over 300 billion gallons a year used of glyphosate. So you are being exposed when you eat non-GMO foods that, or when you eat GMO foods, so genetically modified, GMO foods are genetically modified so that you can spray Roundup on them and they won't die. It's literally how they're made. They're made to work together. So any food that is GMO, so any food that does not specifically say that it's non-GMO, has likely been sprayed with glyphosate. Uh, Any food that is not organic, organic foods are not supposed to use chemical herbicides like glyphosate. So any food that's not organic also has very likely been exposed to glyphosate. And not only is it sprayed on the food, but it's also in the food, it's in the soil, it's in the water, it's in the grain that they are feeding to the animals on the factory farm that then you are eating. It's in your yard, you sprayed it on your weeds, you walked through it, right? Like it's everywhere. It, where You're being exposed to it, whether you like it or not, all over the place. So you have to start paying attention again to that toxin exposure on your food, in your water, in your yard, in your house, in your air, in your products. All of those things are killing the good microbes in your gut. Now, how many of those things every day could be problematic for you, right? Did you eat sugar? Are you under chronic stress? Do you have high toxin exposure? Hint, hint, most of us do. Uh, Do you smoke? Did you exercise? Did you get good sleep? Uh, Were you sick? Did you take a lot of antibiotics as a kid? If you took a lot of antibiotics as a kid, your gut may still not yet have recovered as an adult. There are so many reasons why our guts are unhealthy. How many of those have harmed you just today, right? The bottom line is, we have to work really hard to make sure that our guts are getting healthy and staying healthy. It's sort of an ongoing thing for us. We have to constantly be a little vigilant uh, in thinking about all of these things. And don't worry, as we go, I'm going to really break down all of those things, all of those toxin exposures and all of the all of those top seven ways that you're killing your gut, I will break them down in a lot more detail, but I just want you to have this really large overview of your body as a whole and how it's working with your environment or not. Um, Because you are not just your gut, you are not just your skin, you are not just your heart, you are all these parts combined. And you are all these parts combined in an environment. And the environment is where you live. That environment is your relationships. That environment is all the things around you that you're exposed to every day. So I don't want to discount any of those things. We need to know all that information and take it all together as one big picture of who we are. And then we can understand how we can do a little better for our guts, right? Okay, so healing your gut. Healing your gut really just is about two things. It's about restoring the proper balance of good and bad bacteria, 
And it also could be about healing those villi, those little fingers along your intestinal wall, healing them by identifying food intolerances and food allergies. The first thing to do to heal your gut is like the pretty obvious stuff, right? So we're going to try and reduce stress. We're going to try and sleep more and get better sleep. We're going to exercise a little bit more. We're going to cut back on the sugar. We're going to cut back on the processed food. We're going to cut back on the alcohol. We're going to make sure we stay hydrated and drink lots of water. We're going to start being aware of and minimizing our toxin exposure. We're going to try to eat non-GMO organic grass-fed free range whenever we can right those are the obvious things (laughs) sometimes the obvious and the most simplest things are the hardest things for us to do for some reason so I just want to put all of those things on your radar that in order for you to get healthy you gotta get the basics down so some people will say okay well If I have gut dysbiosis, if I have a bad balance between too much bad bacteria and not enough good bacteria, I'll just start taking probiotics, right? Easy peasy. Give me a pill. Okay, so most people, that's where they turn first. And probiotics can help, but they will not make a difference if you're still doing all the other shitty things that are killing your gut, right? You can't be under constant stress, get no sleep, never exercise, eat shitty food, eat tons of sugar and McDonald's every day and have a drink every night and, you know, blah, 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 work in a factory where you're exposed to toxins every day, whatever. You can't do all of those things and then take a probiotic pill and be like, I'm great. That is not how this works, okay? So probiotics are only going to really, really help if you are willing to address all those other things, at least on some level, as well. Am I clear? Okay. Have I been real clear that I'm not a big proponent of taking a pill to fix your problems? Yes? Yes, we're getting that vibe. Okay, good. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about probiotics. You might have Uh, see a lot of uh, advertisements for foods with added probiotics, right? Like, oh, have this yogurt with extra probiotics in it, whatever it is. Those foods are not generally worth it. Largely, it's just an advertising campaign because probiotics is a buzzword and they want you to buy their food product, whatever it is. It's still processed food. It's probably high in sugar. It's probably got a bunch of other gross chemicals in it, like artificial flavors and colors. Like just because they say, ooh, added probiotics does not mean it's good for you, okay? Point in fact, Danon Activia yogurt. You've probably seen it. There used to be tons of commercials for it. I forget the actress what's her face anyway, was doing all, Jamie Lee Curtis was doing all of the advertisements for Dan and Activity, right? Oh, with probiotics. Oh, my gut's so healthy, blah, blah, blah. Okay. They were sued for $45 million and lost because they didn't actually have all those added probiotics in their yogurt that they said they had. They got sued for false advertising and they lost because they were false advertising. So, That just goes to show you that just because a celebrity is saying that she uses it and we're saying we have all these added probiotics, probably not true, (laughs) okay? So added probiotics, big deal. I'm really not falling for it. Uh, Some foods naturally have probiotics in them, like yogurts. If you're choosing a yogurt for probiotic, cool, as long as you don't have a dairy thing, a dairy issue, otherwise you're causing other problems. When you're choosing a yogurt, look for a good non-GMO or organic yogurt. Check the sugar content. Yogurts are 
notoriously high in sugar. So you gotta make sure that there's not so much sugar or artificial sweeteners, again, or colors or flavors. There's not so much sugars and chemicals in your yogurt that you're totally counteracting any possible probiotic goodness that could be in there, okay? Um, other natural food sources that have probiotics in them, sauerkraut, kefir, kombucha, again, look for the low sugar versions. Kombucha is also notoriously high in sugar, so you got to find the low sugar ones. Um, spirulina, chlorella, blue-green algae, so I take a greens powder every day that has all three of those in that, um, plus a ton of other stuff. But a greens powder is a great source, actually, of natural probiotics because of that spirulina, chlorella, and blue-green algae. Also, tempeh and kimchi, the sauerkraut, all of these things that have probiotics are fermented foods. That fermentation process is what creates all those delicious little good bacteria, right? You're literally eating live bacteria and you want to. That's a good thing. Like, for example, in Japan, they have a fermented or pickled vegetable with every meal. Like traditional Japanese food has a fermented, like think about it, they got kimchi and ginger and all kinds of stuff. And they typically have less gut problems than someone who eats the Western diet because they're constantly eating all these natural probiotics. Pretty cool, right? So you don't have to take a pill, you could just get it from your food. Um, when you're choosing a probiotic, they are definitely not all created equal. Most, the thing about a probiotic is that you want all those live little bacteria to actually make it to your intestine. So you have to ask yourself some questions. Um, a lot of times those little bugs are dead before they even get to your, into your intestine. So how long has that product been sitting on that grocery store shelf? Uh, should it have been refrigerated? Um, do I trust this company? Uh, is this a reputable company? Where am I buying this from? Like you need to do a little bit of research on your probiotics. There's a lot of good ones out there. I'll give you some general guidelines. I look for non-dairy probiotics. Um, because I just look for things that are generally allergy-free. You want to look for something like 5 to 100 billion CF CFUs. That's colony-forming units. Um, so little bacteria colony-forming units. 5 to 100 billion. Um, you want a variety of bacteria. So I tend to stay away from probiotics that have maybe just one or two types of bacteria. And I look for ones that have multiple types of bacteria. Because again... It's not just how many good bacteria you have, it's the variety of good bacteria that you have that you really want to work on. And uh, buy your supplements from a trusted company. Again, you're looking for the non-GMO, you're looking for no fillers and no extra chemicals. You wanna buy it from a reputable company. I don't buy supplements from Amazon because there are a lot of fakes on Amazon. Sometimes you get the real thing, sometimes you get a total fake that looks real. So I don't want you to waste your money. I want you to buy supplements directly from the manufacturer or from your doctor's office. I buy mine from my doctor's office. It's kept in a fridge. I know where it's been and I know how long she's had it. And so I can really track that and make sure that that's a good one. Okay. So here's some other ways besides probiotics and probiotic foods that you can improve the health of your gut. If you eat a diverse diet, then you are exposed to different types of bacteria. And so that's really good. You wanna have a lot of variety in your diet. And especially I'm talking about those plant foods, a lot of variety of plant foods. 
You also want to think about eating prebiotics. So your good bacteria eat prebiotics. That's what they like to chomp on to keep them healthy. It's their food, okay? So prebiotics are found in things like Jerusalem artichoke, garlic, onions, leeks, asparagus, bananas, oats, apples, cognac root, cocoa, flaxseed, jicama. Those are just to name a few. But those are all sources, really good sources of prebiotics. You also want to think about increasing your fiber. So fiber helps with that mucosal layer that is lining the walls of your intestines. So that's one other way that you can keep that villi really happy and you can keep things moving through at a pace that's good. You don't want things to get stopped up anywhere. Um, and that and there's two kinds of fiber. There's soluble fiber. So that soluble fiber is helping with that mucosal layer inside your intestines and in your intestinal lining. And then there's the insoluble fiber, and that's the kind that's not getting digested through your small intestine, and it's going all the way into your large intestine. That insoluble fiber is also really helpful because it does feed those good bacteria, and it also helps you helps keep things moving. Um, it keeps you regular so that food doesn't stay in one place too long. If you get you get that kind of ball of food sludge stuck in your intestines for too long then it starts getting really full of bad bacteria and things are growing there that you don't want. You really want things to move, right? I don't want things getting stuck anywhere in my intestines. I want to keep them moving. So fiber is really good for that. You probably know that one already. <laughs> okay, exercise is another good way to help the health of your gut. This I find so fascinating. So there are several studies that have shown that regular exercise actually increases your body's production of short-chain fatty acids. So these short-chain fatty acids reduce the risk of inflammatory diseases as well as type 2 diabetes, obesity, and heart disease. So when they did these studies, they found that when they had people exercising, and I believe they were exercising three times a week for 30, uh, 30 minutes to an hour. And during the time, I think they had, had them do it for about six weeks. And during those six weeks, they found an increase of these short chain fatty acids. And as soon as they had them stop exercising, they went right back to how they started. Okay, so here's what's happening. The microbes in your intestines are what's actually creating these short chain fatty acids. They are they are creating them. So exercise is somehow turning on these microbes, which are creating more of these short chain fatty acids. And these short chain fatty acids are reducing my risk of inflammatory diseases, type two diabetes, obesity, heart disease, right? Because remember inflammation is kind of the root cause of all of these diseases. So exercise was turning on the good microbes to fight inflammation. How cool is that, right? So exercise is so important. And as soon as you stop exercising, you lose the benefit. It stops working. You have to keep going. You have to keep exercising to keep those microbes turned on. Super cool, huh? Okay, another way that you can increase your good microbes and the variety is to get dirty. Go outside, go garden, get in the dirt. Expose yourself <laughs> to all of the different microbes. These bacteria live in the dirt, right? That's how they got on your plants. That's how they're getting in your body. Expose yourself to these microbes. Get them under your fingers and get them onto your body. And once they're on your body, they can probably get in your body. 
so that you have a really great variety of microbes in your gut. Here's a fun one. Get a dog. (laughs) Dogs are dirty. (laughs) Dogs are covered in microbes. So if you want to uh, expose yourself to more microbes to get different different variety into your gut, uh, getting a dog is a really good way to do that. Another really fun way to expose yourself to a variety of microbes is to travel. Okay, so think of this. I live in Washington State. I can go to the ocean, the rainforest, the mountains, and the high desert, all in my state. And every one of those different locations is going to have a different set of microbes. Those microbes are on the food that's grown there, they're in the dirt, they're in the air. And if I go to those places, I am inhaling, eating, consuming, touching all of these different microbes. I'm exposing myself to a a greater variety, right? This is why this little sterile world that we live in where all of our hands are sanitized and we've bleached everything and everything is germ-free, that's not good. We need those. We need to be exposed to all these different microbes because we need them in our gut. We need this variety of life in our gut. And so we want to be exposed to all of these things. So travel. And imagine if I can go to four different zones in my state and be exposed to totally different microbes. Imagine if you start leaving the country and going to different states and going all over the place, right? Everywhere you go, just think about how you're getting exposed to all those great microbes. Eat the local food. (laughs) Drink the local water with caution. So I hope that was really helpful. There are so many really easy ways that you can start to improve the health of your gut, but mostly it just boils down to being aware of the ways that you're killing it and changing those. So I hope that was really helpful. If you have any questions, of course, just hit me up. You can message me, uh, email me, call me. All the things are everywhere. But it's all at terrafalman.com. And while you're there, check out that 12 Weeks to Weight Loss and Wellness program. I think you are going to absolutely love it. As we go, we're going to do a deeper dive, like I said, on some of these things that we talked about today, but I hope this was just like a really useful start to understanding how truly important your gut is to your ability to lose weight, to keep it off, and to stay healthy. So until next time, my friends, be well. Hey friend, thanks for being here. If you found value in today's episode, will you head over to iTunes, find the No Nonsense Wellness Podcast, subscribe to the channel, and leave a review? That would be so awesome. And I'd love to connect with you more and have you be part of the No Nonsense Tribe. So come on over and join the conversation at community.nonsensewellness.com. I'll see you there.